Welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. Uh, can't promise it's going to be an overly positive one, but we're, we're going to make this our, our Tell the Truth Monday, but on Sunday. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined by my uh, my other host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Stallinger. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty somber one because the, the Tigers did not the Tigers did not look good. Uh, well, we're going to get into uh, Telesu's loss to UCLA, thirty-eight to twenty-seven. Uh, I don't know. Probably everyone's just you know ready to throw in the towel. But I, you know, I think there was some positive things, but obviously way more to work on than than we can really build from at this point. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Just wanted to check in with the co-host. Uh, you know, LSU game aside, hope you're having a, a pretty good Labor Day weekend. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of kind of low key here. Uh, Lana's been a little bit sick, so we've been laying low and just kind of enjoying what we can. Uh, college football, yes and no. I don't know. So I could enjoy some. I could not enjoy a lot of it. But uh, anyways, good to be here with you guys to kind of talk it out, of, talk about it all, get it off my chest, and uh, and look forward to to the rest of the season. How you guys doing? Doing good, you know. Aside from the obvious, I, I'm I'm so excited excited that college football's back. Like I've watched, yeah. I've watched get pretty much at least one to two games every day since Thursday when they came back on. So, um, love seeing college game day. I love seeing all the fans. I'm I'm I don't know what that product they tried to give us last year was, but it was not college football. This is what it really is. So, I mean, despite at, at least. Yeah, I think I think we're going to draw a lot of parallels to last year between this LSU team and last year's. But I think the one difference is at least there's some atmosphere to these games. You know what I mean? Like there was definitely an atmosphere at the at the uh, Rose Bowl. It wasn't the one we wanted it to be, but there were a ton of people there. They were cheering. There was you know you could hear the crowd. It wasn't fake crowd noise. ESPN pumped in through the soundboard. So that's a positive, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Had a good Saturday yesterday until around like nine o'clock PM uh, and then a couple sour hours at the end, but yeah, it's better early. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. The, the games were fun to watch. Like Tommy said, good to have the football back on the field and good to just have something tangible to talk about with y'all, I guess. Uh, after all the hype, unfortunately we couldn't really live up to the hype, but it was there as LSU fans are eternally, both optimistic and pessimistic at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll go into the, the highs and the lows here now. Yeah. I don't know. I, Daniel, I think you kind of uh, preceded what I was going to say is, um, you know, what was, was it all hype? It's like a lot of us had LSU winning by, you know, two to three scores. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the nation might have, there was a, there was a good faction that said UCLA was going to win. And we thought, nah, Corso and Herb Street. Yeah, LSU just has too much talent. Uh, last year was just it's not, we thought 2019 wasn't the anomaly. Last year was the anomaly. Yeah. That's that just wasn't us. But I don't know, maybe, maybe we looked at that too much and dismissed it as a five and five. Cause from what I saw yesterday, to me, it just looked like the same team from last year. Like to me, I, I want to re recalibrate my my season forecast to having us go, you know, like just above 500 whatever that might be but i don't know i I digress i guess uh i think the play the the faces that we like there's a lot of old faces um none that really made much news last night except for max johnson and and kayshawn butte 
Uh, but a lot of new faces too, you know, you could say it's that, but I think a lot of the new faces that I just couldn't really tell were there. Some were players, most of them were coaches. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I really feel like, you know, everyone that we thought was coming back that was going to give us something. I, I could really only put it on two guys. Everyone else were just kind of in absentia. Um, but the, the new faces, mostly the coaches, I, I just did not see, I don't know. I guess I just did not see their imprint, their impression, their presence, whatever you want to call that. So I'll, I'll leave it at that for now, but I, you know, I'll toss it to you, Tommy. Um, where, where we, you know, as a fan base is the, the people that know this team, you know, not just 2019, but you know, the years before and the last year, like, were we overhyped or was it just, um, I don't know. Is it uh, just, this is who we are. And, and that's that. Uh, you know, I, I think that, I think the trouble with us, you know, or, or the media at large, I guess, if you want to call us media, I'd, I'd prefer not to be part of the media, but whatever, <laughs> um, you know, podcast world, Twitter, all that. The problem is on paper. I mean, what, this is like a, if you took, if you took every single, like, like if you took all four classes or maybe five classes, counting like the five year guys, put them all together and ranked them against the, against the rest of rosters across the country. We have like a four star to five star roster. Yeah. It's top 10. It's a top 10. It's a probably a top five, but, but what, what the rub is, what do you do with it? You know what I mean? Like, I think that clear, like the state of Louisiana puts out some of the best football talent in the country for such a small state. Like, you know, there's, there's Texas, there's Florida, there's California. Those are the three major pipeline states that everyone who, who knows recruiting looks at, but right, right behind it is, is Louisiana. Yeah. I think we got the most like NFL players per capita. Per capita. Yeah. I think you're right. And so we're, we have this, such this fertile ground. When you look at like our, our wide receivers, I'm just going to pick on our wide receivers, even though I don't think that was necessarily like the most, the worst like aspect of, of our performance last night, but I mean, it wasn't the best, right? Other than Keishawn Butte. You look at our wide receivers. We have, we, it is absolutely stacked that on paper, and you can make an argument for every, you know, if you know this team, if you know half this team, you can make an argument that Malik Neighbors, he's going to show out. Or, man, let me tell you, Jack Bash, he's the, he was the best player in LHSA last year. He's going he's gonna to be an instant talent. Or Chris Hilton, he's got sort of, they, they call it on 247, certified track speed because he ran like a whatever, 10 four, four. <laughs> You can go down the line and take your pick, any of these guys. Uh, Brian Thomas. like, oh. and, and that's with almost every position. But clearly, some, clearly there's a disconnect. Because I'm sorry, this doesn't happen in Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa recruit, we recruit on it, the whole recruiting thing. There is a point where it, what's the real difference between the number three in the class in the country and the number one class in the country? What's the real difference between the number eight class in the country and the number six class in the country? There isn't what one five star, maybe well, two four stars. It could be, yeah, it's, and it's no- all subjective. Yeah, exactly. But, but what, what, what that does tell you is who's, who's recruiting at the highest level and who's not. And I mean, once you get outside of that top ten level, okay, maybe you're not you're not going to be able to compete with Alabama. Probably, you know, it, it's going to take a lot more. But if you're in that top five, top ten level, you have the athletes, you have the talent. But I think that's where coaching comes into it. And I think you're right. I'm, you know, I was, I, I remember while I was watching the offense, 
And I mean, normally, you know, we go through offense, defense, special teams, that kind of thing. But so if we just want to start with offense, like I didn't, I was not that inspired by our offensive scheme. I thought it was, you know, thought it was, uh, do you know what it really reminded me of? It reminded me, it, it made, it was like, I was like watching this, this LSU team right now play offense is as if Les Miles was coaching, but he just happened to like the spread. Like, it's, you know, it was very similar. It was very like, okay, we're just going to go out there and kind of do some things. We're going to do some typical things. We're going to try and run some pitches. We're going to run some slants. We're going to, um, you know, we're going to uh, try to hand it off a, f- a few times and then run a screen and maybe, I don't know, maybe something will happen. And, and like very similar to how a Les Miles team, um, you know, you've had a guy like Odell Beckham who, if you just throw it to him, like you throw it to him enough, like he'll probably run off every now and then which Kayshawn Butte did because he's that good. But the surgical, the, the surgical like play calling that, that we had in 2019 is, is not there last night. And I don't know if it's, you know, you could say it's user error because we didn't have the hot we because we, we don't have the Heisman Trophy winner, you know, quarterbacking our team. But I also think let's compare. We all like Max Johnson. I think, I think he's a fine quarterback. I think that, I think he played very, I think he played very scared last night. And I think that was evident from the first quarter. He looked terrified. And, but, but let's look, but let me, I know that. And I, and I just saw it from watching on the field. I'm sure the coaches could tell maybe, maybe before the game, you know, maybe in the week leading up, there's a Alabama's also starting a true sophomore quarterback who had two starts two meaning or probably no meaningful starts last year, but had two, or he didn't even have a start last year. He had, but he had like, meaningful snaps he might have had a few they and i I listened to that whole game um on the radio and and maybe daniel you watched more of it like in person but i listened to it as i can tell alabama didn't put they didn't make uh bryce young be the hero you know what i mean like he wasn't asked to go out there and he he wasn't set he didn't they didn't say okay go out there and win the game no, but he looked comfortable. He looked comfortable. And they his, put him in positions where he could succeed early. Yeah, and, like, you can throw, like, a 10-yard kind of slant across the middle and, like, you can complete that pass and build your momentum. The run game is effective. The offensive line is getting pushed, and that all kind of builds upon itself to where you're, you're scared. You're like, okay, I can long. do this. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like – I don't – Max never really got that – he got that chance. You can blame the offensive line. You can blame maybe the play calling. You can maybe blame the running game. Why, why do we have – I mean – between John Emery, who was deemed academically ineligible like the day of, and Ty Davis Price, who was a four-star recruit out of Southern Lab, who is like just not a, I mean, you know, is anemic and running the ball. I think Josh Williams was our best back last night, and we, me and Daniel, we kept we kept going back and forth on is he even, is he a walk on or not? <laughs> like, I think he was a walk on at one point, but he might be a scholarship player at this point. <laughs> well, I didn't see that viral video, so I'm a I'm a hold off on that. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. i mean they know? might they might say hey josh like you got nil we don't need to give you a scholarship anymore because that's right. what everybody cares about these days well wait so i'm um, just to back up for a second so john emory was i know i didn't find out until after the fact that he was out same with uh small you know on the defense uh but it was it was it was academics yeah john or john emory also john Trey kirkland and uh dn sony fanu were all out with academics and it's like we're two weeks it's how can you not pass basket weaving like what what are they taking during the summer that's that's that you know what i don't know it's it's not our business this is but 
you know, we always <laughs> like when we when we talk about the NCAA violations, we say, man, lack of institutional control. That's the death death nail. And in, 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 you know, I right now I'm like, there's a lack of program control. There's no reason why you're starting, um, why you're starting like running back basically going into this, you know, going into this year should be academically ineligible. Right. Coming yeah. off of summer, especially. Yeah. I, yeah. Especially summer school. I, I, I don't, I, there it's not even, it's not, a, it's not like a, I hate the whole like, Oh, you know, well, you know what? They should have gone to class. I guess that sucks. Like, no, 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 no. Like if we have to hold their hands and get them across the finish line, that's the way it needs to be done then. Like this is, yeah. it's, it's it, just like, it's like what, uh, it's like what Cardell Jones said from Ohio state, the great Ohio state quarterback. He said, we ain't come here to play, play school. Right. Right. Like, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> John Emery didn't come here to, to, for the sole reason of getting his education. And no. if, if changes need to be made to be able to play, like this was such an important game. And I think it's, I think there's some hubris I mean, we, we also, we were very confident going in. I thought, I thought LSU would win because on paper, LSU should win. I think this is, this game was very similar to, um, I don't know if you watched the Ohio state game, Ohio state, they got beat for four quarters, basically. Like, like it was like the last five minutes of the third quarter. That's when they took over. But until then, and even throughout the whole game, like, Minnesota was was better prepared. Minnesota had a better had a better game plan. Minnesota played harder. Minnesota was gritty. I loved the way they played that entire game, and it pains me to know that 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 their running back is like out for the season now because he looked like the best back in football like during that game. Mm. But the way that Ohio State won is that they just happened to have. I mean, when you when you when you recruit literally top three classes every year you just throw the ball to him and say, go off and score. And that's what they did. We have better athletes. We have better talent than them. We should, this should not have been an issue. I'd be fine with it being close, getting close, too close for comfort or all that kind of stuff. We don't have to blow out everybody. We're, and we're young. Like I understand that, but we should not be losing to UCLA. This is a, this is not good. Like this is not like, I think this might be worse than anything last year. Cause last year we had all the excuses last year. You could say, well, we didn't have a spring. We didn't have a fall. They cut our, they, you know, they changed our schedule. They changed this. We people opted out. We had a full year to prepare for this. We knew who our we knew, we knew all of our personnel pretty much. We've only increased in personnel from the transfer portal. I mean, yeah. it, Dane will get in here. <laughs> That's a good rant. I'll, um, I'll try and keep my overall thoughts relatively brief. You summed it up well. But the, the biggest thing for me, and this is what everybody else is saying, is that the kind of the most disheartening part about it is that we, you lost in the same way that we lost repeatedly last year. The same problems were persistent. Coach O even said it. Yeah, those being like bad offensive line play, uh, them getting to the quarterback, putting him under pressure, uh, ineffective running game, running against a brick wall, and then the miscommunication, missed assignments, missed tackling on defense, where people didn't know where they were going. Like it was the after we scored our first touchdown on the literally the first play coming back, UCLA has like a blown assignment with the tight end coming across. Goodbye for seventy five yards, and then the as DB, Jordan tolls points at yeah him. as the LSU DB is like wishing well along his way, and then so any momentum you got is immediately uh, put on ice. And you're you're back to square one. 
And then even like Tommy had talked about last year before the Mississippi state game, the first game where he thought that things, he just felt that it wasn't going to work well for LSU. I, I somehow had that same feeling you last night. You, Daniel, yeah. Daniel, you like two hours before the game, you're like, yeah, I don't know about this one. Cause like during the afternoon, I told my girlfriend and later Tommy was like, I don't know why, but like, it's just something seems off. And I think we're going to lose to UCLA. And then even though last week on the podcast, I predicted, I think a seven point victory and then it happened. And it was just like watching the same tape, like on repeat in uh-huh. some sense. And, and that's what makes it so sad. It's like all the off season hype, you're building towards a big win. Everybody has all the confidence in the world. And it's like, Oh my goodness, here we go again. And, and it, and it gets sad to say this, but it kind of is true. Like I hold, I hold LSU. I want to hold LSU. And I do to the same standard as Alabama, A&M, uh, you know, Clemson, I, Ohio State. I wanted, we, we, as a program, we have all the capability to be in that elite conversation. And in that, when, when, in that level, that elite level, the season's over. Like you don't, you can't lose neutral site or, you know, borderline neutral site, I guess not really, but still uh, not an SEC. Like it's not a, uh, going, going into a SEC hostile environment. UCLA people didn't even know that they played football last weekend. <laughs> yeah. And then I right. guess a couple of the, the issues more specific, specifically one, like you mentioned, Max Johnson, at the beginning of the game and throughout most of the game was a, like, obviously nervous. He was overthrowing receivers by 10 yards and then, and then also throwing the ball five yards short into the turf. Um, and then that led to one costly interception where he sailed it over Cole Taylor and the guy took it back. And that almost, ended. it almost, he almost had, maybe the worst interception of all time when he flinged that thing with no look pass. Oh yeah. He was at his back to the offensive line and then like basically lateraled it and got fortunate that the ball just kind of dropped him to the turf. But yeah, that, and then the linebacking was fairly anemic. The defense defense was, they couldn't plug the holes. Like Zach Charbonnet would make one move and he's gone for 17, 25 yards. We had hyped up Charbonnet last week, but then we were like, okay, LSU is better than Hawaii. Turns out our defense was not that much better than Hawaii. No, we really weren't. And, and I mean, I, I think that uh, safety play, not good. Linebacker play, abysmal. Micah Baskerville, he had, a, he had a few good tackles, especially early on. I feel like our defense was actually decent in the first half. Yeah, because it was 0-0. Zero, zero yeah. But then, yeah, Chip Kelly made the adjustments, and we did not adjust. This, the, you know, this is this is inter- it's interesting because I was th- sitting there watching this game, thinking, this is what a lot of people thought the 2011 Oregon versus LSU game would be, like where where Chip Kelly's that that like the, the offensive mastermind basically gets to have his way with the, with our defense because like they were everybody's like they're just gonna be so much better. Like Michael James is gonna win the Heisman. Darren Thomas, uh, yeah, was it Darren Thomas, the quarterback? I think so. Yeah. You know, like he's he's the dual threat. He's going to be so much better. DeAnthony Thomas, who's an absolute stud. Like, you know, he's the freshman wide receiver who also plays a little bit of running back. Like he can he can run off at any time. I, I, no, I, I don't think that this UCLA, UCLA team is even close to as talented as that Oregon team was, but it played out the same way. Like Chip Kelly was not able to, to deal with our defense 10 years ago. <laughs> Uh, he learned after the, over the next 10 years, like yeah. it, it's just, it, it's, a, it's inexcusable. This is an inexcusable loss. I'm sorry. And it is. I, and I think that, and this is something that is maybe blasphemy. I don't know if we, if y'all think about it, but I think some of the, I think some of the blame lies on seven. Yeah. We no, haven't I got talked that about it for sure. We, like, and I, I, and I don't think anybody 
in like the LSU in the LSU sphere has wanted to say it. And now that I've seen it for basically two years in a row, there's something different about him. He's not playing the way he was when he was a freshman. He's not playing like that play at the very end of the game when he basically lets up and lets the guy go. You remember what I'm talking about? Is that the is towards oh, yeah. the sideline? Yeah. I, I don't know what that is. You know you what know I mean? It's like, not. It's it's not it's not the play that you would expect from an all American. Yeah. And that's I, I was gonna make the point, but I'm glad you did, Tommy. So I, you know, it makes it easier for me to to speak freely about it. But yeah, that play, in addition to earlier in the game, when the first touchdown, when that tight end was just wide open, um, but missed tackle. And then Stingley, along with uh, somebody else, was like the last line of defense, and they could have maybe stopped the touchdown. Not that that would have prevented him from scoring a touchdown, but still, it's like that tackle, and then the tackle at the end. That's that's not the like the play of an All American, and it's just the fact that the, his guy was running streaking across the middle. I, I don't know. Uh, he's. I, I think he's. I hate to say it, but it's like his first season was so successful. The team was as a whole that he's like, all right, I'm, I'm there. I'm here. But it's like, I have not seen any progression. If, any, if anything, I guess we've seen a regression, right? I don't, you know, like that's, that's, that's where I've thought about this a lot. And I'd ha- I really have to go back and, and watch some of his plays more. Cause I am, I'm a little bit, I'm interested in that. I'm concerned about that. Cause it's like, there's no way this generational talent has gotten worse. I'm sorry. And like, I, you know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I'd like to think not right. You'd, I'd like to imagine that something that there's been improvement across the board for everybody. Um, but I think that uh, I was talking, I told Daniel this, like in 2019, we had a great pass rush into great interior guys, all, like all American, like two first round or, or first and second round pick linebackers and all American Thorpe winning safety and a, uh, and like a, a solid NFL quarterback on the other side. I feel like Stingley was, he was asked, he wasn't asked to do too much. You know, he was like, they were like, Hey, go cover, you know, cut play, play great coverage. And I think that a lot of times the reason we got so many great highlights from him is because the, uh, the opposing team was always like, well, let's test the freshman. How good, how really, how good really is he? Let's see how good he really is. And, you know, so I think that now, like, yes, there's more eyes on him. You know, you do there. It is kind of the Patrick Peterson type deal where you don't see him a lot because they don't even try to throw to him. Like, you know, do I think that he could make the same interception that Elias Ricks had made yesterday? Yeah. You know, like, I think that they're both equally talented in that way, but that that hustle play and and I mean I don't know I, I it's hard it's hard for us to to critique hustle like when we're on, on a podcast but I'll compare it to another seven two years ago it, you know Scott you said uh, making that tackle like right at the five ten yard line or wherever that doesn't maybe that doesn't save a touchdown in the in the in the long run but it maybe it does because in the against the Auburn in Auburn against our probably our closest game we played if you remember when Auburn came in our place and almost beat us going to the championship yeah. grand delpert made a game saving tackle he he ran down either run, a running back or a wide receiver from like who was shrieking down the field would have scored easy ran him down and basically shoestring tackled him and then we hold him to a field goal mm. and that was an important that was a, a, a critical stop yeah you know what i mean like we we lost by 11 
imagine if they imagine if we hold them to a field goal instead of a instead of letting them score a touchdown that's four points off the board right you know what i mean like that's that's 20 then we're it's 27 34 we're really in this we're, we're still close to this thing so I, I it's hard to i don't know i just think that we have to be we have to be willing to be critical of everybody and last year i gave i kind of gave a i kind of gave a uh I gave a pass. I was thinking this last year, but like I said, I gave a pass on almost everybody because I was like, well, I guess it's just the COVID year, whatever. Like everything sucks, but like, no, there's no excuses now. Can we, uh, can we talk about the O-line and the run game? Oh yeah. Uh, Cause if you had told an LSU that, fan, that won't take long. <laughs> yeah. If you had told an LSU fan in like 2015 that we would have 25 rushes, they'd be like, Oh, how many yards do you have? Like 200 or so? No, we had 49 yards on 25 carries. Um, they, they probably wouldn't believe you. Uh, you think you're crazy, but yeah, tidy was priced 31 yards on 13 carries, 2.4 yards uh, per rush. Like that's just awful. And you, put some of the blame on him and some of the blame on the offensive line. Like UCLA was dominating us with their D line. We couldn't get off a ball. And then Ty Davis price was just like running the backs of our linemen and falling down every single play. Uh, the play design wasn't there very good. It was when we were going to run, you could tell it was coming and they planned for it and took them down. And then even like on the uh, pass protection, Max Johnson took two sacks, but he was under duress for a lot more than that. Uh, and just, we took basically zero shots down the field. Yep. Um, I don't know whether that's the, they didn't have the confidence in the wide receivers, like getting separation or, or what, but I think Max's longest like attempt, it was like 20 yards or so. And there's that one where he overthrew. Um, was it? Uh, oh, it was, it was Trey Palmer. No. Trey Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> he overthrew him. Then he threw one behind. Then he threw one that hit like case Sean Butte's hands, but then UCLA's like safety knocked it out. I mean, he's still, I don't know, maybe he could have caught up. There's all these examples, but he, he didn't have time to sit back there and have a long play. That's why we didn't have a running game. The, the, the offensive line was mm-hmm. just like, it, they might as well have been a bunch of freshmen. Yeah. And offensive line is one of the ones where it's hard to kind of say specifically like, Oh, this guy is doing this wrong. Uh, especially since I'm not like a super big, like tape technique guy. Well, and you can't but, see, I mean, you can't see it in real time. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, it, or sometimes you can, but like, we'd have to really like go back and like go play by play. But I think you could see like a few missed blocks where I remember one specifically, I think it was Anthony Bradford where he turns and blocks no one. Oh, it was Anthony Bradford and Liam Shanahan. Yeah. Where the left guard and the center both turn and block the same guy. Like, and this in the linebacker middle. goes straight and then it op- the Yeah. It opens up about three feet wide gap in the line and the linebacker streaks through like, and gets to, to max. And it's like, Oh, what? <laughs> you just got to look at him and put a, a helmet on a helmet here. I think they, they come commentator said the same thing uh, multiple times last night where you just got to get up and and put your body on them uh and so yeah i'm sure coach will be screaming at him about that in this week and at least we have a tune-up against mcneese although now you're like kind of clenching you're like oh here comes another troy episode uh but i guess thankfully it's not like last year where it was just the sec schedule and maybe we can get some sort of uh life back in the veins of lsu football (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's to be expected. I mean we got what two or three in a row. Well, we got two before we place uh, play at Mississippi State. But I'll, I'll ask you this because to me, like I said, I we have a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive line coach, and just since we we're still kind of like rambling off of the offense, I I don't know. I don't know what Jake Jake Pete's impression was. It maybe he couldn't do what he wanted to do because 
his line didn't have any like his quarterback didn't have any time we couldn't run at all the first two series whatever i get it it's all scripted ucla was the same position after the first two series they didn't do anything either then we kind of opened it up but still it was like um what do you guys think that this is just growing pains from having too much too soon, like a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive line coach that was added much later? Like, do you, do you guys think there's, you know what, maybe it's just some growing pains. We have the talent. They just, they just don't have it figured out. That's on them. I'll put that on them completely because they still had months to work on this. But do you think it's just a matter of, all right, well, we're finally in game mode. Um, we're not ready. Uh, maybe we can figure it out by game four. <laughs> like, do you think it's like this again, it goes back to what I was saying. It's like, is this, is this just us right now or is just us for the season? I think I might lean towards the season. There's some, there, the main thing that I saw that as an issue pretty much across the board, that team, our team got, we got out physical by a pack. Manhandled. You can't, like, yeah, it's, they were manhandled. It, it, that's the one thing that the SEC, that like the SEC is supposed to be. It's like when in doubt, don't you know? We might not be as fast, we might not be as strong, we might not, or not even as strong, but like might not be as you know whatever as the Pac-12. But we will just we're going to hit you, we're going to hit you hard. It, we play a different type of football. It's it's Smash Mouth. Like it, we were not physical at all on either side, and I I think that's something that you can't like. That's not like a that's not like a play call issue. That's not like, oh man, we we ran a uh, we ran here, we should have passed. So I don't know where you, I don't know where you find that, and you know, week to week, it's not as I don't think it's as simple as, um, you know, changing up your changing up your game plan, being like, you know what, we need to we need to we need to try to do a few more runs this time or something like that, right? It's it's, and I will say, like you, you talked about the uh, backs not having any time, well. The way you know the way you the way you kind of they loaded the box all night mm-hmm. they had like seven in the box and we're blitzing from everywhere. The way you the way you kind of combat that you do a few quick passes. We actually did it once. We threw a nice hitch to to Coy Moore and he I think he he caught it and ran for like maybe six or seven yards after the catch. Um, because because yeah they're sending everybody and it's like okay you're basically playing man defense or or like shallow zones maybe. Um, two, you know, two high safeties in man, or you know, with some zones around them in the middle, or something like that. But anyways, you can, you can, you can make them stop blitzing you by quick passes, screens. There's, there's ways to combat it. I don't think that the the answer is just like, oh, well, like, you know, we just had no time. So sorry, like, you know, what I mean, it, it, I don't think that there was really any. It didn't seem like we tried to. We didn't change anything up. Nope. The, the week they. No. Second half, our offense looked the same as the first half. It just looked like more of the same. Yeah. Uh, and to going back to what we talked about, what this looked like before, to me, this looks exactly like, what was it, 2016, that game up in Green Bay, Wisconsin? Oh, yeah. Same thing. You know, it's just, it's like, what is, it's not working. Change it. It's halftime. It's not working. Change it. You could even go back to 2011, uh, you know, the title game. It was just, nothing is working. I get it. 2011 is a lot different, but still it's just, you could tell, I could tell through like the first quarters, like this isn't working. These guys aren't getting anything, but like you said, try a, a running back screen, 
you know, just try something different. I, I think one of the, the announcers were saying is like, eventually, I don't know if it was Max or just the, the coaches telling him, just go with the hot read. And he did. And that's when they started to get some plays going their way. It's like he would just get rid of it immediately. No thinking, just look up and throw to the guy that's your hot route in the play sheet. And it would work. Yeah. Uh, it's like it took so long, it seems to me, for him to start going to Keishon Butte. But when he did, it started working. Uh, I guess my only thought about that is, is what, you know, A, go sooner. But B, it's like that's not going to save us all season. You know, that's, it, it can't just be the Max and, and Keishon show because better teams are going to shut that down. You know, LSU only lost by 11. They could have lost by a lot more. Uh, in yeah. addition to Max's backwards uh, throw that luckily didn't get picked off, there were two fumbles that also LSU was able to recover. Like this, this, yeah. could have, this game could have been way worse. You know, we could have got blown out if we weren't careful. And there was nothing that O could have done to stop it. So, I mean, it can all go back to him, but um, they've got to get it figured out quick. Hopefully with, you know, McNeese State coming up, they can. But, um, well, I mean, I guess the, the, the important question is like, so we kind of, we went through, we went through all the, all the bad parts, everything bad. Is this, is this what happened? Like, is this what happens when you have Gene Chizik as your coach? <laughs> and, and you happen to have Cam Newton come in? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like, and you catch lightning in a bottle for in one bottle. season and you sell your souls for the next 10 years uh, to like mediocrity. Well, I mean, like, I, I guess, I don't know if we, there's, I don't think there's anything we did, I guess, you know, it's like, is this man just not capable of coaching this co- coaching at a high level? And we just kind of, and like, he, we happened to have Joe, we got Joe Burrow. Well, that, one thing I was, I was going to say was coach. I was emphasizing, we're going back to Joe Brady's offense. Like the whole time. That, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's kind of, I mean, you can look back and say it's dumb now. It's like, well, Joe Brady's not there. It's not his offense. It's Jake Pete's and all the other people that he has with him. Uh, but it clearly wasn't the same. And also for me, it emphasizes the importance. And I mean, we, we saw he was good at the time, but you didn't really understand the value of a guy like Clyde Edwards, Alaire and the things like he brought to the game he can plan. Do it, Cause he can do it all because yeah, he can go up the middle, make a cut and then beat a linebacker with speed, or he can come out of the backfield, catch a pass. And then we just saw none of those. Yeah. We saw none of those talents on display from our running backs last or yesterday. Maybe John Emery has some of those, but if he's a, uh, failing college algebra then it's a, a moot point well and and you know what the one thing that that I, I said this to you i was and i know i'm looking at the stat sheet i, I barely remembered the how josh williams had has one carry two yards um yeah but he, I, he had one catch out the backfield for 17 yards he looks good at, he looked good that was a nice that was a nice play i actually think that he might be our better option because you know what i saw from josh williams uh, Max John, he's he's back. He's in the backfield with Max. This ball snapped. It's a pull, it's a run. I mean, it's a pass play. And Josh Williams stepped up there and took a linebacker on, like you know, just bodied him up and and gave Max some time. I didn't see that from Ty Davis Price, and I know we haven't seen it from Emory this year, um, or or not. Well, not this year because he didn't play, <laughs> yeah. but like in his in his career. Um, so I mean, it's like that's something that Clyde could do. And, and Joe could, could, everyone could trust Clyde that like, okay, we're going to have him in the backfield. When we, when we, uh, when we needed him to, to be an extra blocker, he'll go up there and hit somebody in the mouth. But it, when we also need him to run a little nice little, you know, wheel route and we'll throw it to him, he, he'll run off and score. And 
we don't have that at, at running back right now. Maybe Armani Goodwin is the answer because we didn't get to see him and everyone's so high on him. Right. Same with Malik neighbors, but you know, unfortunately we can't see him. I don't know. That would have made, I don't know if they would have made a difference yesterday. Uh, even if we did have him, maybe it's a good thing. We didn't put him in there. Just, I don't know, just for the sake of somebody getting hurt, which luckily didn't happen really. Um, and also, by the way, I guess you could say when you were saying about, you know, what can we take away that's positive? Uh, a, we know Max and Kayshawn Butte are great. They're great together if they have time to just allow that to happen. Uh, their talent alone, just with themselves even, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like that could win you a game. Not, not, that could not win you an SEC schedule, but I, I don't know. Um, I, I would say the guys that we did have, we thought – our, their their seniority will help us. You know, LSU had plenty of returning starters. We thought, oh, we have a, a defensive line with experience. We have an offensive line with experience. That should be good. UCLA had 20 starters. Some of them were like six-year guys. Mm-hmm. Um, all things being equal, you know, the, the experience should just kind of level itself out. But like you were saying, um, I don't know why uh, why some of these guys look good and some didn't. But then you look at a, a game like Tulane in Oklahoma, kind of the same position. You're going on the road, playing a team displaced by a hurricane, kind of leading up to it. Tulane just kind of played with a lot of heart. You know, LSU did not. I guess, I mean, Tulane had a lot less to lose. Fair, oh, fair enough. But it's like still at some point, like you said earlier, uh, our talent is is of a certain level year in yeah. and year out. That's the point. I I think that like, you know, you say like, I I didn't know where you were going with it. I I don't know. Like, you know, you said, if you were to tell me, and I'm not saying you said this, but if someone were to say, yeah, well, you know, LSU lost because yeah, we thought we had a lot of returning starters, but UCLA has a bunch of six year guys. Like their entire team is returning. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, there's a reason why their entire team's returning. It's because none of them are going to the NFL. (laughs) Like our guys, our guys, we don't have a ton of, a lot of times we don't have returning talent because the guys who, are who were in the recruiting class the year before are now in the NFL. So, and, and we continue to recruit at that level. That's not like a, it's not like we have a fluke that we send people to the NFL. So all of these guys, everyone on our roster that we've recruited co- comes to LSU for the goal of going to play at the next level. And I don't think anyone on that, on that field last night really looked like they needed to be needed to be on the next level. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe Keishon Butte, but maybe, that's yeah. about it. Uh, but I, I guess the the one thing I was saying, Daniel, I'd, I mean, jump in any time, man, because I feel like it's, it's just Tommy and I. <laughs> no, you, you are doing good. Okay, uh, but but it's – okay, here's the thing is – no, go ahead. I, I don't know, Tom. I, I'm just – I'm starting to get upset again just by talking. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say just – I think we've kind of dissected this game a little bit, but moving forward, like looking on to the rest of the season – Last week's or two weeks ago, we talked about kind of our schedule predictions, record win and loss. And then most of us were kind of around the nine and three, mm-hmm. maybe even like 10 and two prediction area. But after this loss, you're kind of staring down some hard truths where uh, that's like your best case scenario at this point. And more realistically, you're looking at eight and four, seven and five, maybe even six and six. Yeah. Cause if we can't beat UCLA, then it's a tall order to beat some of the tougher talent in the sec who is uh like still yet to come. Yeah. You've got a couple of cupcakes, McNeese and central Michigan and ULM down the road. That's three. But after that, like you're hoping to win games against Mississippi state, Arkansas, Ole Miss, uh, just to get to that level. So if, uh, 
if the ship doesn't get righted pretty soon, then we could be in a similar situation to last year where like we were three and five and then we uh, had kind of two miraculous wins at the end to, to not save the season because it was a bad season, but uh, make the most of what we had, I guess you could say. And then as an LSU fan, I don't want to see that happen again, but it looks like it might be where we're headed. Yeah. Well, I'll say this too. Um, it also depends where we go from here. Like you were just saying, uh, you know, you got two games to work it out. You got two basically really good scrimmages ahead of you. But the, the thing that stood out to me, in addition to everything we've already talked about, is UCLA adjusted after those first few series, and then they didn't really have to adjust again. I, I think they even rushed less towards the end of the game. I was watching it. They were only rushing four at that point because they knew we had to only throw, you know, like in the fourth quarter. But you, LSU did not adjust at all. Like they did not adjust to us because we didn't make them. We everything that UCLA had, all their success offensively was in the middle. Like all their running was right through the middle. The, yeah, also, the middle of the line. And also UCLA, I talked about it last week against Hawaii. They were so unbalanced towards the run with like way more rushes than passes. They did the same game plan against us and it worked. 47 carries and only 16 pass attempts by DTR. Like you would think that at some point you would kind of click and be like, all right, this is what we're going to do. They're going to contain. And then like, hopefully our talent on the edges can prevent a big play, but we did the opposite. We couldn't contain. And we also gave up big plays. Uh, so that's just kind of a sidebar, but yeah, go back to what you were saying. You know, well, just basically, yeah, they, they gave a big plays. the stuff that we said, all right, well, well that's not going to happen this year. Our, our communication is going to be down, but no, it's not that they made these great plays, but just everything was in the middle. You know, in any sport, you never give up the middle. Uh, but if they're running right through the middle of the line. There was no outside run. Like, he was toe-touching down the line. Uh, the, the pass plays to the tight end, every every pass play that they had that scored was between the hashes. And it ended usually in an LSU uh, missed tackle or three, you know? Um, there was just – it was just – to me, that was just – that is just – a glaring it's like we're that's why i feel like it's the same team as last year at least defensively i haven't seen any improvement in the communication issues because those are the type of things uh, you know even if like you could see you could see they replayed it the um it was the second touchdown uh not the one where stingley missed the tackle at the very end uh but it was that the the tight the the crossing pattern where the guy just hopped over the field, the, you know, the inline to, to score a touchdown because he mm -hmm. could, he could have skipped into the end zone. Uh, <laughs> it would have looked silly, but he could have done it because he, yeah. he was so wide open. That's the thing is these guys were so wide open. I, I could put that on our linebackers, but it was like, you could even see before the play, one of the linebackers was pointing to the guy, but basically like right before the play stop, as he's running by, it's like, Oh wait, get there him. Yeah. And then he's trying to catch up to him, but you know what? The play's already developed. The guy's ahead of him. You're not going to catch him. And that's what happened over and over. So I, I'll put this on the coaches. I feel like we, we still have the talent. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe our depth is not as strong as it was because, because of last year and the year before. I don't know. But um, they've got two weeks to figure it out. Hopefully they do. I really thought everything was going to line up for LSU because we've played so well after like a, you know, a natural disaster on the road, what have you, Arizona State. Uh, you know, the, the games against uh, other teams and just, you know, it's like LSU had basically a half full stadium with their fans. Yeah. Like there was like 20,000 or more people wearing purple and gold in that stadium. The we weather traveled was so well. I'm glad, yeah, I, didn't, I'm glad I didn't go. That would have been sad. 
Yeah, it's like they had special accommodations. They got to practice in the Texan stadium leading up to it. There was no excuse for them not to be ready for this game. They just weren't. That's true. Yeah. Let's uh, let's look at this week. So we, I think we killed LSU on UCLA so yep. far. What uh, do y'all yeah, see? Could, any, we, could, we could beat a dead horse, but we're not going to. Do y'all see <laughs> any big like changes being made in this upcoming McNeese game at home? Uh, I mean, I don't really. You don't have to change your game plan too much against like an FCS opponent, but I just expect them to, yeah, just work on the communication things on defense and just try and see if we can figure out who can give us a run game. If it, they feed TDP again and he's not even rushing against them, like hopefully Emory can get. I don't know. I know is Emory going to go to tutoring or something? Like, yeah, because who knows how long take, he's be Can out. he go take a clep test? Like, well. Well, there's also, um, our, you know, Armani Goodwin, Corey Kiner. Are those guys, like, were they hoping to, like, save these guys? Because well, Goodwin we in, it was injured. Uh, Undisclosed so, injury wouldn't say the timeline. Who knows what that means? Right. Um, Kiner, yeah, I don't know where Kiner was. Yeah, he had zero carries. Um, Emery, now, you know what the craziest thing was? You know, Emery was in street clothes on the field laughing. I saw him, like, he was yucking it up over there. Like, Okay, if you're if you're academically eligible, I don't deal, I don't know why you get to travel with the team. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't I don't see anything. I, I think that well, against against especially now that you know at, at the secrets out, like we're not saving anything really. We just need to go out and play. Like I just say we need to go out there and play base, you know, base defense, base offense, whatever that is to whatever that means to our respective new coordinators, and find it i just want i want us to be physical you know what i mean like go don't go lay hands on people that's right. that's that's what we did last week yeah i don't know i i i think we need to win convincingly and just take care of business i, anything, I think the go ahead daniel i was gonna say anything as particular as like score predictions i, I it's hard to predict these games usually they i mean it's like i would say something like 41 to 10 maybe lsu Although they can sometimes LSU's let these type of teams like get close for a while. We're getting we're getting very, very close to the end of the Les Miles era. That feeling <laughs> of, you know, we're losing games we should win. And we're and I think I think what goes hand in hand with losing games you should win is winning games that you should win easily and letting them just hang around. I remember one time we played, it was like 2000 and maybe eleven or twelve. No, it was 2011. It must have been 2012. When uh, like we were like playing a very competitive game with Nickel State, you remember that? Yeah, and there, there, I think one game against Northwestern State and State opponent that it was like fourteen to fourteen at halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember that one too. So Towson, oh Towson, like, yeah, me and Data were at that game. Mm-hmm. Towson was close. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think we're I think we're hit, heading to that point. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if LSU wins. I think I think we're gonna win. You know, I don't know what the line is right now. Do you know? Let me look. Let me look. They may not have it, but. Yeah, LSU will, I imagine, not be in the top 25. Nah, we're out of the top 25. Yeah. We don't deserve to be in there. This is not even – I'm not even really mad. Like, LSU, third-best team in Louisiana after UL and Tulane. <laughs> kind of true. Well, um, yeah, I, I really don't care if we're in the top 25. It, it doesn't really matter. But um, I, I don't know. I'm – you. As far as the score goes, I don't know. I'm just going to be conservative for the rest of the season. I almost don't want to give any scores just because, you know, I'm going to have to put on a clown mask every every Sunday night. Yeah, really. But I'll just say uh, 35 to 15 LSU. And I'll even say 
you know what? It's going to take us that second half to get those 35. Uh, we'll probably be up like 21 to, you know, 13 at half. Uh, but then, you know, we'll, we'll pull away somehow. But I, I don't know. I, what if, what if we just look at this? Because remember, Coach O had, uh, he had that loss to Troy and everyone's just saying, oh, this has sunk his, his coaching prospects here. Because uh, that was what, his, it was his first or second full year? It's his after first full the, year, Yeah. So you could say last year, you know, Coach, Coach O won the title in 2019. We'll give him that. But last year was basically starting over, which he did have to. Uh, we went five and five. So maybe if anyone, I don't know, it's an opportunity for him to turn things around. Basically he, he can do that. He, I, I feel like he's done it before, but it, it, this is really on him. This the guys are not up to it. So I hope he's got something in the tank. I hope, I know. you know, the thing is, is like, I don't know if you get, I don't know if you get more than one Troy. I don't um, know if this is at the Troy level. I think you're right. I think it's more like the Wisconsin kind of loss. Yeah. 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 I don't think yeah. it, man, if we let's just say we we take one to we take one in the mouth to McNeese or ULM or is it what Western Michigan? Yeah. Like see ya. Like well, yeah. So we got McNeese and then Central Michigan. Say we win both of those, but then we got Mississippi State. What if we lose that SEC home opener and we're at two and two? Like, do we think O is gone after two and two start? I think and people have discussed the problem is you can't really fire O at this point. Because who do you replace him with? Like, we don't really have any. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any, like, born leaders, I would say, who are ready to step up and, and take the mantle, even in an interim role. Uh, so, at that point, you're just waiting until the end of the season and then hope you can uh, hook a fish in the in the free agency market. No, I think I think he finishes the season regardless, just also because the amount of money they owe him. Yeah. I think I think they want to get through this year. You know, it's like, why, why firing him in the middle of the season doesn't really do anything for our chances. The season's basically – as far as what we want to compete for, and I think what Scott Woodward wants to compete for at this level, fire like making a making a, a quick fire and firing Coach O like week four doesn't do anything. It's not going to make you get in the playoff. You know what I mean? So, no, it's not. But it'll give you first dibs on the guys at the end of the season that are looking to jump. Maybe. I, well, I, I think you could still have first dibs on. That. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's not fair that's not LSU's problem because we had first dibs on on Jimbo and Tom Herman while we still had less miles on the, on the, you know, as a head coach and we, we whiffed. So like, I don't think that's the issue. I think it, I think that it's, um, and I'll have to, I'll have to check in with, with one of my, one of my sources close to the program, because I've heard, heard talk of a familiar, a familiar name that we all know on this podcast. That's like already been talked about as like the next head coach, whenever that is, who knows when that would be like, you know, this was, I was talking about this like two months ago. So two months ago, we weren't talking about firing our head coach and getting a new one like this year, but supposedly on the, uh, you know, in that athletic program, um, that building next to tiger stadium, there's already been talk about like who the next guy is and that, it, you know, when, when the time is right, they're going to go for, go for a guy we all know. And it's probably somebody, I think somebody most people will be happy with. So um, I'll, I'll have to check in and see about that. Uh, but yeah, I think his seat is scorching now. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, just to put it in perspective, though, there were a lot of teams that did not start off this week well. That's true. Uh, starting at the top, actually, with Clemson, um, they lost to Georgia, and it wasn't that they lost. I mean, did did you see the score? It looked like it was like it was almost like a nine to six game from zero. Well, there was zero offensive touchdowns. Uh, Georgia's one touchdown was interception return, and then they yeah, field I kind of lost that. 
That, that is cool. But it's like, just like, what is that? Imagine, imagine, I know how we feel, but imagine if you're Clemson. Like, imagine if, if that was our program and we had that sustainability for like years and all of a sudden you drop off and you can't score anything. That, that to me is like, oh my God, is this us? Because I, I don't know, you would think somebody like Dabble would have had that figured out. But it wasn't just him. It wasn't just him in his own conference. Uh, North Carolina went down. Miami went down, which we kind of probably all thought was going to happen. Uh, Wisconsin went down. They didn't look great. They only scored 10 points on their home turf. You mentioned also. Ohio State had trouble with Michigan. Ohio State, yeah. Yeah. They lost. Yeah. They, yeah. They, well, they that game was actually close until probably like the last five minutes of the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, I know Ohio State was breaking in a new quarterback, but that's nothing new for them. You know, they, they looked, they just, it didn't look great, but then by the fourth quarter, they look like Ohio state and they pulled away, but they always have one game like that per season. Right. Like that's, it's kind of typical for them for a lot of programs. There's that one game where you're just not looking the greatest. Um, but in addition, also Washington lost to Montana. Yeah. I saw that. And they were somebody who was predicted to be like a top, top contender in the Pac-12. Well, Oregon barely escaped Fresno state. They were tied with Fresno state in the fourth quarter and then won by a touchdown. Yeah. And then Iowa state number seven, barely beat Northern Iowa 16 to 10. Like these are not uh, confidence inspiring wins. And Indiana lost to Iowa, Mm -hmm. which I guess, you know, that's like a, that's a top 25 team or top 25 matchup, but I, Indiana was one of those teams who they were talking about like, Oh, this team might compete in the big 12. A lot of hype. And then it came out flat. Uh, I was kind of sad UL lost to Texas. I was hoping for the big upset. They didn't put up a terrible performance. They lost by 20, but like it wasn't abysmal, but maybe they're just not quite in the same league. Maybe Texas is back. Let's wait on that one. I don't know. Here's, here's the one thing that I will say about uh, the Clemson game. It kind of kind of translates to, to Clemson. I think you saw it with Alabama. I think and I, you definitely saw it with Ohio State. We, I, th- I think for the past maybe four years uh, college football fans have been spoiled by seeing true freshmen, true sophomores, like people who've, who've in their first college start ever are basically perfect. I mean, you think about Justin Fields, the first like real snap as a starter that he ever took was against, was for Ohio state. And they went on to go to this college football semifinal. Uh, Trevor Lawrence comes in in a game, comes in in first game of his freshman year, true freshman, goes on to win a national championship that year, goes on to appear in the, in, in a national championship the next year, and then goes on to go to a semifinal in his third year. Uh, you know, same thing with, <clears throat> you know, you got Tua and then you have Mac Jones who, again, I, I know Mac Jones was, I guess, what a senior, but his first ever real meaningful start, he's virtually perfect. I, I think that you see all three of these elite teams, uh, Clemson, uh, Clemson, Bama, and Ohio State, they're starting really young guys. LSU's doing the same thing. And the thing that I noticed is, like, I think Clemson almost asked DJ to win that game for him, and he, and he kind of couldn't do it. You know, that, that Georgia defense was so good that it wasn't it, – He's I'm sure DJ's going to be a great quarterback. I'm sure he's going to go to the NFL and probably be a top, top 10 pick. But – there's, I think even still, there's a difference between Trevor Lawrence and the rest, Justin Fields and the rest. Joe yeah. Burrow, another one who, I guess, you know, we saw a year of him um, and he really improved after that year. But that, you know, there, there is definitely an upper echelon that we've gotten to watch for the past four years. And I don't think we're, we, I don't think we have an elite quarterback right now in the in college football. 
Yeah. And then another aspect of the Clemson Georgia game is pretty like the playoff implications, which is kind of big to talk about in week one, but still like Georgia looks good and you can envision a situation where Georgia and Alabama are like playing each other for the sec championship, Alabama wins. And then it's like, do you put, we'll say Clemson goes on to win the ACC, but they don't have much competition. We saw North Carolina go down Miami lost like Georgia's got that win over Clemson. Do you put a one loss like Georgia who doesn't win their conference in over Clemson who ran their conference in one? I would say yes, because obviously they have the head to head matchup. Uh, and then that kind of proves the SEC's dominance, but they, they've got the, the biggest card in their pocket out of anybody for a while now looking forward. They almost, they almost, I mean, 99% punched their ticket with that win. Um, Wait, Georgia plays Alabama, right? This season. I just remembered that. Do they got to do a live check? I'm pretty sure they play. Uh, or it might be crazy. Probably because uh, it was a few years ago. I think Alabama went to Georgia. They did a whole blackout. No, never mind. Alabama plays Florida this year. That's their alternate game. That was just still oh, an interesting good. game, but good. In two weeks. No, I, yeah, I think I think Georgia's almost home free at this point. Um, yeah. You yeah, would I think. Mean, I mean, yeah, you got to win another 11 games, but still, like, well, you don't even have to really do that. To get it to, to make it to the SEC championship, they could take a loss. Yeah, but yeah. he was talking about like if they won outright throughout the season and then, and then lost, lost an SEC championship. Yeah, I think if you if they take a loss in the regular season, like, they have that, to win that SEC. Because like there's that recency bias for like, oh, you just lost the SEC championship. Should we still put you in the playoff even though you just lost to a team you're gonna have to play again? Uh, or like there's a situation maybe Georgia loses to Florida. And so Florida makes it to the SEC championship, loses to Bama, and then you have like two one-loss SEC teams. Uh, who knows? Well, I, I think right now I'm comfortable saying I think Georgia wins it all. You like the dogs? I like the dogs, man. I like I like the way they played last night. Scott likes the dogs. <laughs> yeah, Scott. Yeah, how I mean, do you feel that, about your dogs? That 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 game was not inspiring. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm glad they won. They took down, you know, a a. a a behemoth in college football but i don't know um the fact that they neither team scored i, I don't know I, I can't say that you know what these are the best defenses in college football right now that's why they didn't score uh i don't know it makes me worry because you know this is what jt daniels is third, third yeah i don't know it's like he i mean it wasn't on him but um i, I don't know as, as a dog fan you'd want to see them score a touchdown that that'll give you some hope. Like if fellas you to one uh yesterday 10 to 3, you know, I felt okay, good, we got the win, but I'd have still been worried about the rest of the season. You know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of take a different approach to it. I, I'm impressed with I, I was impressed. Like I think that I think that maybe that's how Georgia, maybe Georgia said, and I could totally see this being a Kirby Smart game plan. He's like, you know what? We're going to beat them. We're going to beat them by deep. We're just going to make them submit almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just going to, we're going to punt the ball. We're going to go back and we're forth. Gonna... Like, why not? If that's, if that's the way it needs to go. I, yeah. I kind of like, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the throwback to 2010. I think that, I think that's kind of fun. Like, <laughs> cause it feels like there were a lot of games like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Kirby was definitely just trying to less miles him to death. Uh, and that's kind of what that game yesterday felt like. It's like, we're just going to keep doing this and eventually they'll get tired and we're going to out talent them. Cause if you look at the recruiting classes, LSU is far and above, uh, you know, UCLA, but you know, they've had the same guys. Like they, they know they're not going pro. They're going to milk that college 
that college experience for as much as they can. And, you know, they look good doing it. It's like, this is Chip Kelly. You talk about Coach O being in the hot seat. This is Chip Kelly. Like, they were talking about the same thing. You know, if he didn't win this game, because he has not had a winning season since he's been there. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, you can make all the claims you want about Coach O, but he hasn't had a losing season, you know? Uh, not since Mississippi when he was coach there. So, uh, I don't know. That's why. But, again, it's like something he said after the game. And I think – he said, uh, you know, we just got to get better. This is on me. It's like, you know, you can't say that after game one. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just, it's too early for that talk. <laughs> we got to get better. This is on me. No, it's always on you. You should have started better. Look at 2011. It's almost 10 years to the day. Even they came out blazing. That's why Oregon didn't know what to do. It's like LSU was ready. LSU was just not ready. But anyway, uh, they'll be ready for McNeese. I guarantee. I guarantee. Um, <laughs> But I don't know if there's any other games next week that we're, I don't know. Oh, um, well, there was there was some though, right? The only the only like big matchup is uh, Oregon versus Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. Game day is probably going to be there, uh, so that'll be fun to watch. And because it'll have a lot of playoff like kind of implications too, like Pac-12 versus uh, Big Ten. But I think it's kind of the cupcake week for most teams uh, after the big big week one. Yeah, you got Iowa versus Iowa State ranked matchup. Yeah. One uh one kind of upset alert. Uh, Miami playing at App State. App State, yeah. App State, they had a good win this past week, and Miami didn't look that amazing against Bama. So, uh, if they can pull off another another big win, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Do you guys speaking of uh, uh App State? They they I think they had a they were struggling, but they won. Uh, Boise State and UCF. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Boise State was up by like what three touchdowns or more? Three touchdowns, and then UCF came back. So. The, the fatting Malzons, he they kept their uh, their national championship hopes alive with that one. Good, good for the Knights, because uh, ours are dash. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I, I don't even know if it's televised. Maybe it's probably going to be on ESPN. Like I'm watching my computer or something. Not that I'm going to, you know, set aside my life to watch McNeese State. But you know, I'll definitely check it out. Um, yeah, and I'm excited. Uh, first home game, hopefully full attendance. Everybody will be there. I'm planning on being there. Yep. I saw a report on the Tiger Stadium atmosphere next week, how it is. I'm a little bit scared that people might not show up as, as much after the, the product that we put on the field yesterday. True. But I think everyone will still be excited with the tailgating. Weather's supposed to be pretty nice, hot, but not too, too hot. Plus, it's a night game, 7 o'clock, which uh, always helps. It's true. No, yeah. I'm excited to be back. I'll, I'll go. Um, but I'll tell you. I'm not going to guarantee I'm staying if it gets ugly. <laughs> Fairweather fan. <laughs> would you Would you ever boo at the game? Boo our team? Yeah, I think I think nah. you've done this in the past. <laughs> never, no, I've never booed our team. I've booed. I've booed. I've booed some fans. I've I've, I've you know gotten altercations maybe, but uh, well, I, I feel like with LSU though in the past, like there because there's been vocal boos like but i felt like they were in the announcers oh you can't boo they're just kids how could you do that no they're booing the coaches yeah, <laughs> they are yeah. booing less miles in his home stadium that's what they're doing that's the only that's but like there's it's it's kind of hard to 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 know that's what it is so i i think they have to be a little bit more creative uh you know like fire mile you know something <laughs> just to let them know that it's the coach that they're booing yeah. You're like, oh, must go. Yeah. Oh, must go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it is a night game. Hopefully some people still go out for it because they expect the Tigers to win, hopefully. Uh, but um, either way, we're going to have the, the talk for you 
here again, uh, along with other college football, though it's not that glitzy of a week. I don't know, guys. Uh, we've, we've we've covered a lot. Hopefully, we've got it all off our chest, and we can look forward to the season. Same with the team, and they have this tell the truth Monday on Labor Day. Actually, uh, I don't know any any final thoughts before we uh, cast our eyes to McNeese. Uh, I think we've absolved ourselves of this one. Feels good yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, uh, as bad as it is, you can say we, we can't go much lower, but we probably can, unfortunately. Yeah. But fingers crossed that we uh, improve and Tiger Nation has something to, to cheer about. I agree. You agree? Keeping it short and sweet, huh, Tommy? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Might as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you know, the, what else can you say? I feel like we have said it all. Uh, probably several times over, in fact. But uh, I think we'll have a, a different game to talk about this upcoming week. Uh, we'll be a lot more... <laughs> uh, I don't know, excited to talk about it. Hopefully we'll get some some more positivity back. And, you know, the players will just have some confidence because it just doesn't look like they were playing with any confidence. So, uh, but, you know, we'll obviously have everything for you next week here on Talking Tigs and anything else that comes out. So until then, have a good week. Stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time, hopefully more positively here on Talking Tigs.